there, I'm Anne-Marie McQueen, editor of Live Healthy, and this is the Live Healthy podcast. Each week we interview health and wellness leaders and talk about all the things that are good for you, which you can also read about in our online magazine, the only one of its kind for men and women in the UAE. And now, here's this week's guest. Okay, so off the top, just tell us what you're doing at your facility for people who don't really understand. Okay, so Precision Football is like a state-of-the-art um, technology center here in Dubai, uh, the Domini Football Center. So what we're trying to do is create like a, an environment of like a professional um, football training center like they would have in Europe or around the world um, so what we've done is we built 165,000 square foot. So it has the outside part, it has a full-size pitch, an 11-a-side, which convert to 9-a-sides, 4-7-a-sides, and 5-a-side. We've also two paddle ports, which obviously paddles the fastest growing sport, say, in the region and in the world. Um, and then we have an indoor centre. So the indoor uh, centre is split between different zones. So it's all about, you know, data analytics and, and high-level training equipment to kind of enhance um, everyday people and players. Um, so here we're just kind of like, we're not reinventing football. We're just kind of making this, you know, super football Disneyland for all these different zones and technologies from around the world into under one roof. So indoor and then traditional pitches outdoor. So we're really trying to enhance like the level here in the UAE and give a lot of people the opportunity to, you know, train, um, progress, advance their, their footballing skills, whatever it is, um, here at Precision by having this like high spec, high level training center. Is Dubai like the place to do something like this? Because you just have all these nationalities and this intersection. Yeah, I think it's a perfect, perfect um, location, perfect city, you know, the, you know, if the country is very innovative in what they do and they're very, you know, at the forefront of technology as well. So combining technology and, and football and sport, which everyone loves, especially here in the Middle East, um, is a perfect opportunity to build this centre here. Um, people, you know, absolutely adore football um, and then, you know, putting this, this high-level uh, centre here, it, it's worked really well. I think it's, yeah, great to have something like this here because it gives people the opportunity. The other thing is here is like, they, you know, they're not so advanced in the sport um, industry, say the, the States or, or, or Europe. So having places like, you know, precision football kind of bridges that gap. So you don't have to go back to Europe or, or to the States to find this sort of level. Um, it's actually here now in Dubai. Um, so, yeah, that's why it's a great region to have it in. And this is for like, who is it for? You've got little kids who've never played football before. You've got yeah. teenagers who are really good at football. Like who, who do you, who do you cater to? Yeah. Someone just asked me that actually five minutes ago. So it is, uh, it's, it's for everyone and everyone. Um, it's what I try and say. Um, so for instance, if I take the different, you know, sort of client, we have, you know, the three and four year old who's just started to play football. So with our equipment, you know, we have different lights to hit the ball and different to help them with their motion and, 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 and passing ability and just learning the game. So it's for young kids that just want to get involved. And instead of just going on a pitch with a coach, they've got, 
you know, in, it's engaging for the kids because there's lights and different games to play. So that's, you know, the, the beginners. Uh, we also have then the, the players, you know, the young academy players who may be 10, 11, 12, 13 that want to aspire to be a player uh, or they play for their local team or their school teams that they want to play and advance their skills as well. So, and then you have uh, like the elite player, you know, it's built to have, we have some of the equipment and some of the analysis. We have that top clubs in the Premier League and the Liga, like the Real Madrid's, the Bayern Munich's, Borussia Dortmund's. Um, we have stuff that Arsenal have, uh, Chelsea have. So some of the top um, uh, sort of like development structure that pro teams have. So professional players, we've had the the national team down from the UAE and they loved it. They don't even have the stuff at their football clubs here in the UAE that we have under the house. So top professional players here and pro players are coming here to advance their game as well, even though they're already top athletes. Um, and then also you've just got the social player, you know, people that just want to get fun, whether they're man or woman or if they're 50, 60 years old, they want to just turn up, play a game of football, socialise with friends, meet new people, um, and maybe just get fit as well. A lot of people here, we just want to come for an hour. We do a policy where it's like a membership program. So you can come unlimited times throughout the month, come get fit, have a shower, then grab some food upstairs. Um, so it really, to answer your question, is, is to everyone and everyone that wants to get fit, play football, have fun, and, and maybe do something different. It really is like the football Disneyland, like under one roof. Like I want to be known as like the home of football, but for anyone and everyone, you know, whatever you, whoever you think about football, you think, oh, precision football might do that. Or I come from precision football for that. Or, you, you know, that's basically what it's, what it's there for. When you say the UAE, like you had stuff they don't have, like what, just, just, can you give me some specifics of things that you have that are really top notch that you were, you wanted to get? Yeah, so we have different training icons, so arenas. So with that, um, different lights hit at different times. And so we, it's like a passing machine. So you can, you know, pass whether it's longer range passing or short passing. And so that kind of creates in your mind, your, you're enhancing your ability, your pass selection, your awareness. Um, and all these different machines are really good and intense to advance a player a lot quicker than you would traditionally. So we're having like we have a different arenas and zones that really, really push the boundaries to enhance players. And we have a data analysis. So every um, every data is recorded. You have your own app. You can see what you're doing, see your progression, which that's what the players and clubs don't have. So we can actually go in to the individual player so you can develop yourself you know, and, and see where you are and hit milestones. So that is what I think is a bit of a USP for us is we can record all your data. And with that, we have cameras on each pitch as well. So... That's what the UAE national team and some of the pro players were saying, we don't have this at our club because we can watch back your data. We can watch focus just on your ability by playing football outside. We can track your, you know, your mileage, your passing, your statistics, your, um, your, your, your even your, even your running type, you know, you know, anything uh, that a player or an athlete needs to progress and, and then look at themselves. We have all of that under one roof and then we give you a data and reported feedback. So that is where a lot of football clubs or players don't have, but we have it here. So just, um, just that small couple of percentage to, 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 to make you um, a, a better player as such. How does that work though? Like, how do you measure that? Do they wear a wearable and then you assimilate so, the data? Like, how does that work? Yeah, so with our cameras, we can track. So the distance covered, if you run 15 kilometers a game or three kilometers, you know, before it's just with a, you know, a coach's eyesight. Um, a lot of it as well is taking away this, you know, subjective view of a coach. You know, back in the day, 
You know, one coach might like a player, the other coach doesn't like a player. One football fan hates a player because he's not running, but, you know, we can actually go, well, this is the data he's tracking. He's made this many passes, this many touches, um, and just see his effectiveness in a, in, in a game of football. And then in the inside with the zones is, well, where are they letting themselves down? Are they missing a lot of left foot passes, right foot passes? Are they, you know, so we can really gather all the data and information, um, which, you know, helps and do you, do people like, you know, I have a lot of friends that play football. Do they, do they like to get that data too? Cause I feel like, it, you know, it'd be something that guys who play and then go for a beer after can sort of. Yeah. Like toss. So what's funny is um, like, it, like I said, it's built for you know, an elite training facility for the top pros and clubs around the world. But um, precision football, like I said, is we have a huge, huge social following and we have five aside leagues and, and, and seven aside and, and we have the cameras and, and data there. So a lot of it is used for that. It's still a business, you know, in terms of we want to provide the average person playing football. Um, they scored a great goal or they did a great skill against their friend and we can send them the clip, show them it, and then they post it over their social media or we send it in their WhatsApp group. And it's funny because no matter how old you are, whatever, I scored a goal the other day and I want to see it straight back. I want to, I want to send it to my, my friends, go, look at, the, look at what I did. Um, yeah. And we have that with a lot of social football. So they see it. They can see how many passes they've done compared with their friends. And then they can laugh about it after, like I said, go upstairs for a drink or some food. And that's a real, um, it's a good question because a lot of it is for that. It's for just making football a little bit more fun or more, you know, as well, which it needs to be, you know. Well, everyone likes to have fun, but then, you know, it's kind of cool to measure your performance no matter what level you're at, right? Yeah. And boast about or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we have our own, so we have inside the technology set, that precision, we have our own data card. So when you come in, you receive your card and you swipe your card against each machine. So then it comes up your name. So it's like, you know, Mr. Sunny. And then what happens, you have big leaderboards. So we have like this month, this week, you can have your team. So we have a leaderboard, um, like if you went any other, you know, entertainment facility. Um, so you can see who the best is and who you can try and beat and it has your name in bright light. So that is really competitive as well. So sometimes I have, you know, young children, 12, 13, go, Coach Sonny, what's your score? And they, they're constantly trying to beat my score or they want to beat their friend's score. Or they, and um, that's a really good, like, uh, um, environment to create as well because we can, you know, judge against other players. We give prizes for the people who are top of the month. Um, even if they're, like, under sixes, you know, if they're a group, we can see where their progression is. Can they, you know, beat their other friend or, or do this? So the, the competitive element... Uh, and tracking their data everyone wants to see how good they are how many passes they made in a minute um so that, and we have like 15 16 different games per machine so it's just endless so sometimes for a week we keep one game on then we switch it so even if you're you know you, it's a place where you know repeat customers can come they can come from as many times as they want because it's always changing and we're changing the games changing the lights changing everything um to track your data as well Okay, can you explain that part to me, changing the games? That I'm a little lost on that part. Like, I'm just so, picturing two teams playing a game yeah, <laughs> against so, each yeah. other. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, try I'm trying to um, dissect it for you. So with the traditional pitches outside, that's just playing a match. And that's where you can, with cameras more, and you're also, where you can be also having um, your monitor with a, with a chest piece so you can see your heart rate, you can see your distance. With the outside matches, you can see your performance on a pitch. But when I say about training, when you come inside our training facility inside, and that's where we have different arenas and different zones. So for instance, one is like blades. So one is you just touching the lights. So how many lights can you touch maybe for a goalkeeper or maybe analysis? 
One is a circle area where you're passing the ball. How many passes can you make? And when I say different with different games, different functionality, so different lights mean different points, different scores, different sizes of the equipment. So some of you might be really quick because it's a smaller game. Then it's a larger game where you have to work on your, your, um, your longer passing, your fitness. We have a wall. We have a full-size goal. So one of these, it's not passing now, it's shooting. You've got to shoot and try and knock the lights out in a certain amount of time. So really like all attributes to create a footballer, we, we collect that data. Um, so, and then that's where we can create competitions. So who's the best at different zones? You know, some people want to be at this zone, but not this zone. So it's just, it's kind of like endless because there's so much under one roof um, here. Did you, when you were playing, did you start to get, like, when did the vision for this develop in you? Um, so I played uh, professional football um, and we started to incorporate, it was like one of the late 2006, seven, eight, nine, you know, 10. So they had a, some sort of data and analysis. Uh, we used to watch some certain games back and we had, you know, the, the vests on where you could, could uh, see, monitor your, your distance covered and speed. Um, but realistically, I always was interested in kind of, again, seeing how I performed, you know, my personal data, you know, my team, I wanted to see my own performance and where I could progress. So I was always kind of excited about that anyway, by seeing a little glimpse of it in the professional game. But realistically, the idea came to me when I moved to Dubai. I've been here for about 11, over 11 years, and I've been coaching kids, you know, tens of thousands of kids throughout my time and players at all levels. And I feel like they, they needed um, to bridge that gap to kind of, it was just out in Dubai, it was just very traditional coaching and one coach and just coaching on the pitch and the field. And they kind of needed more more feedback. And it was almost, I felt like I was always trying to give as much as I could to individual players. And I was like, they need some sort of a data and analysis and because I wanted to enhance these players. And I didn't feel they're getting the opportunity here. Um, I also went to a visit. I, I took a team from Dubai to America. So I went to the, the States in Florida, to IMG um, mm -hmm. in Florida. And that was one of the top elite centers in the world where they not just, they do baseball and tennis and American football and, and, and soccer and football as well. So they have mind gyms. There was about like, you know, it was mind gyms. There was data, there was technology. And I was like, we need to enhance this region. We're, we're quite far behind the US in terms of creating an overall athlete. And I watched, it was funny, I watched a, a baseball simulator where they had all the, the tags on all the arms and they were watching their swing, like the golfers swing. And I was like, how can I can create this in football? Because this is needed. You know, football now is such a high level, high tempoed, you know, high rewards, high risk game. And the money in football and the sport is it needs, you know, to, to be that top, top guy, you need that one, two, three percent to make a difference. And I felt that football was, as a sport, a little bit behind where other sports in America were a little bit more maybe advanced on looking at themselves. Um, and I used to read psychology books. And when I was at Brighton, when I played professional, you know, even the way that you think, the way, you know, they, we were trying to encourage, you know, a bit of psychology in football as well, a bit of a mind gym. It's not just go and play a game of football. I'm sure high-level sportsmen, all the books, you know, the Federers, the Tiger Woods, is, is, there's so much that goes into becoming successful. It's not just go and kick a ball in the field. Um, so, yeah, it kind of all created over the, I say over the last 15 years of playing and coaching, uh, different ideas came to my head. And when I came back from America and I saw the kids playing, I thought, right, let's, let's try and put this all together. Do you think there's any way that it takes any of the fun out of it, though? Yeah. 
No, not at all. I, I think if I was creating robots, I think, yeah, like, you know, it might, people might say, you know, um, <laughs> but it's, it's kind of like, in it's just like when I play football, you know, it's about repetition. Uh, anything you do is a 10,000 hour rule. If you do something for 10,000 hours, you'll be pretty good at it. You know, if, uh, you know, the Williams sisters, they hit 10,000 tennis balls. They become better at a younger age. If Tiger Woods hits 10,000 shots on a golf like In football, when I grew up and traditionally, it was, you, I was kicking a ball against the wall or kicking, where we're here at position, like, well, you kick a ball against the light, you're running, you're moving. So it actually makes it more fun, more engaging. And I think the way that the world is going and the technology is so advanced now, it kind of incorporates that everyone, I mean, kids are walking around with their iPads and the, so they can check their scores. They can, it almost, I feel like it needs this to keep football interesting. So it's actually the old football ways is boring. This football is is needed to keep it engaging. Okay. So uh, what, who, what's easier, coaching a kid or coaching an adult? Probably coaching a kid. <laughs> they're, they're, some of the kids here are, are fantastic. And over the years, they, they listen, they absorb, their, head, their, their brain is like a sponge, you know, like... So if you tell them, you know, some fundamentals, um, I find coaching kids is, is is brilliant because you tell them what, what they to do and they understand. And, and then sometimes you see the reward very quickly. So you can see they've listened, they've taken on board and they progress. Um, coaching at adult is a little bit different. You need a different sort of uh, approach to it because they already set in their ways. They have their routine. They're already an established player. It's more tapping into their mindset a little bit with, a, with an adult. It's like, why would you have to do this? The decision-making and kind of breaking it down a little bit more. Um, so so for, for me, the answer would be coaching a, a child is a lot more it's rewarding as well. To see them progress is, is really heartwarming, you know, to see that. Do you ever have any absolute adult beginners that come? Yeah. Even one of my friends came and he was using the equipment and he was kicking the ball everywhere outside of the against the wall and glass and all over the <laughs> I, I said to him, I said, uh, um, just learn. So yeah, you do have adult beginners. And again, it's just, they, they love it. It's about you know, keeping fit, getting used to it. And again, because it's engaging with the different arenas and games and data, they actually enjoy it where I feel they may, they may feel intimidated if they just went on the pitch with advanced players and they had to play in a team and they didn't get the ball and, you know, I don't want, I want people to build their confidence as well in here. And, and you're kind of training on your own. So you're training against yourself so you can push yourself and there's no one judging you. You can just get to work. You like going to a gym. You just want to go there, work out, do your own mindset. People are at many different levels in football. And it's, it's, I don't really, it's not about there or there. It's about yourself. So, you know, to create an individual program to, to benefit yourself. That's what I want to kind of get across as well. Like it's, um, it's an objective approach to football, not a subject. So when you're when you're like you're a top ranked player, you're playing in front of all those people, you're having that kind of life. How much of an like how did you make that adjustment to not being in, in that arena? How does that how does that work? Is that a, take a couple of years to do, yeah. or do you prepare yourself before? Like I'm super curious. Um, so when I played professional football, so it, it was great. I mean, you kind of you have a weird mindset where that's kind of all you want to do and it's just your life and you kind of don't think of anything else. Um, you know, I, I, was, I was successful to, 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 to have a have a career as a, as a younger younger adult, but I mean, things didn't work out as well. So I kind of went from club to club and and um, and I realised quite quickly, I was like, this is a very, it's a very tough industry as well. It's, it's very unforgiving. Um, if I had one bad season, then I went on to another club and it wasn't then so great. And all of a sudden you think this is not a, 
Um, unless you're at the top, top part of your game, it, you have to think of something else. Even a lot of players now, I think there's a lot of stories in press and people are, you know, saying that you need backup. There's a lot of students in the game and, you know, that fall out of the game very quickly. And it's, it's quite sad because you need more support. You know, can they go to school? Can they go to colleges? Can they look at backups? And luckily at the club that I was at, um, we did some studying one day a week. They had to go to college. I did my coaching badges. I didn't want to do them. We, did, we were like, oh, who wants to be a coach? We're going to be professional football players, you know. But they made you do your coaching badges along the way as a backup. And I fell into that. So then when I was like, what should I do? What should I, do? I was playing. I made the decision to be like, I started to coach and I thought, I actually really enjoy this. And I was a very young coach. And I thought, you know, I actually now want to give back or become even a more successful coach than I was a player. So I, I kind of... It was it was sad to say not play. Uh, when I stopped, I moved here and I started to coach and I thought, okay, I've kind of given up the dream now. It stopped earlier than me. I could have had a longer career, but I thought, no, I'm going to dedicate my craft and what I know and and, and teach myself to now be a, a more successful and better coach than I, than I was player. So for me, it wasn't too hard because I love football. My whole life was football. I've never done anything else apart from football. So I still feel I'm part of, the, I'm part of it. Um, I do miss the, yeah, sometimes playing, but then also I don't miss the, the, um, the diets, the, the early, you know, early nights, the bed. So I can kind of, you know, enjoy my life a little bit. You know, it's very structured and routine in, in professional football. You can't go on holiday, you can't have a day off. You, you know, I, I was missing family's weddings and, you know, and birthdays. And now it's kind of like, I've got the best of both worlds. So I love football, um, but uh, just dedicating my craft to, to, to coaching now, just not playing. Um, I had a question because I only know about football from Ted Lasso and I, my own failed, my own failed where we call it soccer, where I come from. So I know it's, I know you guys don't call it soccer, but I played when I was a kid and I was horrible. And then I tried to play again in my thirties and was equally horrible. So I know very little, but I love the game. And um, I, I've been watching Ted Lasso. Has that done anything for the game? What you know has what? it done? Uh, like, is it irritating or? <laughs> No, it's quite funny because Ted Lasso, is, is, it became quite popular. I watched it when it first came out a few years back. Um, so no, it's a popular program. I mean, anything that raises the profile of uh, of football is great. It's, it's, it's obviously a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek uh, comedy. But um, yeah, he's a, he's a great motivator. I mean, I would like to say that I know a lot more about football than Ted Lasso. Um, I'd like I'd try and compare myself to someone like Pep Guardiola, who's won the Premier League rather than Ted Lasso. <laughs> but yeah. but um, no, it's it, it, it's it's fun. It's tongue in cheek, and it shows like a bit of an insight of football um, and the players in the change room. But um, no, I I I think it's hilarious. I, I like it. it. Enhances the game, and even on um, a lot of pundits and players, and that I know watch it and and, and they love it. So. Yeah. And then even um, the like, I'm just always interested when North America dis- discovers something, all of a sudden it's like it, you know, Ryan Reynolds has bought this team, um, oh, yeah, right. the actor, like, has that made a change? Like, is that, what do people think of that? I'm curious. I think it's brilliant. I mean, I, I actually watched a documentary and I was speaking to a friend of mine and we, I think it's just, it's brilliant that they're, they're, that they're involved. Um, it kind of, you know, puts together an A-list, a Hollywood superstar and football. And I think even the, the guys, Ryan Reynolds, um, they love football. They're so they can't believe the passion. And you know, uh, England as a, as, a, as a nation, we are football is in our blood. It's in our DNA. It's you know, if the national team loses, it's it's mourning for a week or two weeks or for for years. I mean, I'm still talking with my friends or family of when we got knocked out of you know a World Cup twenty years ago, twenty five years ago. It's like 
it's relentless. It, it's in our blood. So um, it, it is. It is a little bit crazy in England, but the way that it's just it's just part of your life. When you grow up, you like who you support. First thing you talk about, you have to support a team. It's it's so dedicated in your life. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, the Americans. I mean, I, I, I am um, like I said. I, I've been to America a few times. I did some work over there, and the the more success. I mean, David Beckham went going over there. Now more players are going there. I think it's only a matter of time before they really take it on board. And I think there's a lot of big strides happening um, with America and with American soccer, as they call it. And the World Cup now is in in uh, three years' time in America. I know it's America, Canada, and Mexico. That will be a huge impact again. And um, you know, even for precision. We are expanding and, and, and franchising the model and building more centers across the Middle East. And we are looking at America as well. I think it's something that the, the ethos and the company and what we set up here would work very well uh, in North America. So that's something that I would like to, to, to approach and, and, and take on. And can you just talk to me a little bit about kids? We have so many kids who are sedentary and you have like rates of diabetes in kids. There's just a, you know, obesity and it's yeah. always just bad, negative stories, it feels like. And can you just talk a little bit about getting kids involved in sport and movement and how that can sort of inform the rest of their life and their current life? Yeah, I think, like, for sure, we have so many kids that come through, come through the door. Um, and as soon as they take, start, you know, take a step in our center and, and they see, you know, the engagement, meeting friends and getting fit, and it just comes hand in hand. You know, kids here, they absolutely love it. And they, they play for four, five, six hours. We run summer camps. And that whole fitness uh, lifestyle is, is needed. You know, kids now, I feel like they're you know, maybe a little bit more at home or, you know, the way technology is going there, you know, they're not outside as much where we were younger. Maybe the old generation was playing in the street or playing outside. But fitness is, is so important. And I see, you know, I don't see the, the negative side or negative stories because no matter what size or shape you are or age you are, you know, you can play football for, for half an hour or 20 minutes or run around with friends. And, you know, it, I like it as like a social element. You know, doing sport is a social thing with friends in your school and stuff like that. I think, and getting fitness is hand in hand. Um, so we, you know, we encourage, you know, boys, girls, men, women to, to, to do fitness classes. So precision as a whole can offer, we offer so much that I just want people to come down and whether it, whether it is just to get fit or kick a ball or see a friend or play for 10 minutes, I, I feel like there maybe there needs to be a little bit maybe more open arms to facilities and, and, and things like that to encourage people to come. Um, that's all it is, really, because, you know, having a healthy lifestyle is then, you, you know, physically and mentally, and that's what you want to encourage. So we always really encourage people to come and whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do. You know, if you go to a gym for five minutes on the treadmill or two hours, you know, even myself, I need to get fit. But even if I do 20 minutes of the workout, I feel rewarded. And I feel we'll just push that. But don't put pressure on kids. It's just, you want to do this, do this. You want to play for this thing. You want to achieve this goal or this goal. Come and get fit. Come and play with your friends. And the social element as well. Just hanging around other people and getting out, getting out of your house, you know, come and meet some people. Deal with your own physical fitness when you were at that like peak level where you weren't able to do anything but play football, and then now you have a real life. How yeah. do you, you know, like how do you do you look at your body and and are you happy? Like, are you happy, or how do you reconcile those? Um, I mean, currently at the minute, I've, I kind of I was still playing social football and and, and playing at a level in Dubai. But the last say two years, because of work's taken over and building this center has been a 
a bit of a big task here. Um, I've stopped, you know, stopped a lot of fitness recently. And for me, okay, maybe I'm a little bit out of shape and, and see that, but I'm, you know, I'm happy with my mindset. So I'm like, okay, maybe I'll get fit, you know, but it's all about how, you know, how you are. When I was playing, I was getting fit, you know, eating the right thing, eating the right diet, having going to the gym. And sometimes maybe that's not what I wanted to do all the time. You know, it's a bit of a balance. It's like, if you're happy with yourself right now, you know, keeping fit and getting fit is, is brilliant. It, it stimulates the mind and, you know, to, to, have, to have that and has endorphins by, by going for a run or playing a five-a-side outside. Um, but I'm nowhere near as fit as when I was playing. But when I was playing and, you know, pushing myself to the limit, you know, it's not all, you know, it wasn't all happy times. You know, even that is, 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 a, is a strain, even on the mental side of, of the sport, you know, having to do stuff and, you know, you know or push yourself through injuries and, 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 and disappointments, you know, it's just about finding a balance of are you happy with yourself? And it doesn't matter what shape and size you are, even if you want to start again. I mean, if I play five a side after five minutes, I can't breathe. But everyone's like, but everyone else is running around me for, for another hour. But I'm happy with my own progress. I think people need the messages, you know, work on yourself. Don't ever compare yourself with someone else because, you know, they, they have different metabolism, different age, different backgrounds. So just work on yourself and what you feel comfortable to pushing yourself to a certain limit. And, and I think you'll be happy, happier doing that. Fantastic. And one more question for you that I had at the top of my head, but now I've forgotten it. It was right there. Give me, oh, you have done lots of stuff giving back, like to kids who are, you know, not able to pay for stuff like this from families who are not able to pay for stuff like this. Can you talk about a little bit about that work? Um, yeah. I mean, f- for me personally, um, football, yeah, we I have a different program. So here at Precision, we have, you know, if children can't um, afford it or we're trying to set programs up, obviously we speak to the, the parent because for me, my ethos and philosophy is I want everyone to have the opportunity to play football or to, you know, to, to keep, keep fit or, or use the facilities. So, you know, the prices aren't so high. We, you know, there's different things that we can do. And I set up, um, I'm working on a foundation. I, I just come back from Kenya um, for a football charity. There's an amazing charity called One by One and they set up, they built a, a school and uh, for underprivileged children with, with no parents and, and their boarding schools and, and housing schools for some orphanages and, and, and children there. And I feel we just set up a football program for them for, 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 for a week. Um, and we donated some uniforms and kits and we're looking to do a lot more in terms of giving opportunity to people that don't have necessarily access to, to, to playing fields or access to, to coaches. Um, and for me, football almost in my life growing up, I didn't really have, you know, N- not a lot of what was going on and football was the only thing that kind of kept me you know driven in life and, and I didn't really have anything else so it was like football was just was just something to keep me with friends and smile and keep fit and I ended up saying you know it's selling in it but I just feel like it's such a a stimulant in life to, to do some sport and it's football is what I know so if I can help anyone set up football um, academies or, or, or locations or we'll donate kits that we don't need you know it goes a long long way um, so even in Kenya you know we set up these these tournaments they didn't have any kits or any balls or any cones and you know we can and precision I'm going to continue to, su- to support the program uh, we're looking at um, funding for for, for a, a football facility there we're going to try and build a, a smaller pitch there for the community to play and use because they love football all around the world I've seen people love football and it's just 
bring so much happiness and joy to everyone, but they didn't have a pitch to play on. So, you know, they want to do this, but they just, you know, some people aren't as fortunate as other people. So how can we bridge that gap? Um, can we help in any way? And, you know, for me personally as well, it's a thing in my life that I'm going to continue to do um, and try and do you know, as many areas as possible to um, give the opportunity to play football. That's lovely. Thank you, Sonny. It's lovely to talk to you. If you liked the podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate and review. We'll see you next time on the Live Healthy Podcast.